Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Holly Holton. And I am so excited that Holly is with me today in the cafe because she is about to become an author, a published author, and your book, Silly Girl, Silly Faith, and you'll have to say the rest of it, I think will be phenomenal. Tell us, first of all, uh, what caused you to want to write this and and say the whole name silly girl i know you are i've been hanging out with you and i know you're a silly girl i know that you have a silly faith that we could uh laugh and and enjoy times together but tell us the title tell us why you wrote it so the title the full long drawn out title is silly girl silly faith daring to believe what i say i believe and the reason the only reason why i wrote it is because i felt god tell me to tell the story um of my cancer journey and my journey to faith so i i did not i do not have a typical journey to faith um it's probably more common than i think, but it's definitely not your typical journey. So I, I wrote it in hopes that people who think like me um, may find some hope in this book and find Jesus ultimately at the end. So it's a book really, really written for people who aren't Christians, interestingly enough. But obviously, if you're a Christian, you can totally get something out of it. So it maybe is a book that I would want to get to give to a friend that maybe is struggling with uh, cancer or their faith. Is that is would that be a good assumption? It's a good gifting book. Yes, it is a good gifting book. And it's a good book to challenge your faith just because I feel like getting our faith challenged routinely is something that is beneficial for us. But um, yeah, it's definitely good to challenge your faith. But really, it's to reach the heart of those girls that haven't found Jesus and are putting their identity in everything else but him and just a calling for them to say, isn't this exhausting? Like putting your identity in all this stuff. Let me introduce you to the one who can give you rest and can give you hope and can erase everything you've ever done and give you a new slate in life. And so that is a very generalized overview. You know <laughs> That's what? your 30-second elevator pitch. No, I love that because I know so many and I I have been one in where you kind of know that God forgives you and throws your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. Yep, 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 get it. But then mm-hmm. I go uh, scuba diving and I look for all of that and I pull it back <laughs> up when I feel like I've messed up or I feel like I'm not good enough, I go back and I dig them up out of the deep sea and I'm like, but remember this? I did this. So could I really possibly be saved? And God says, oh, honey, (laughs) stop it. Stop it. You're, You're going into places you don't need to go because that's gone. That is gone. And now I have a whole new life for you. And I love when you say 
that aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of dragging around all that baggage? Aren't you tired? Don't you need some rest from being weary, trying to figure out life on your own? And I know the answer. It's yes. Yes, it is exhausting to figure it out. And to hold the weight of everything you've ever done and the hurt that you have had on you and the hurt that you have done to others. It's exhausting to hold that um, onto yourself. And, you know, part of my story is I actually like hated the church, hated Christianity. Um, I never hated God. I never hated Jesus, but I didn't, I never wanted anything to do with them because I hated his people so much. And I know a lot of that can resonate with people because, um, you know, the church is full of imperfect people and imperfection is very easy to find. And if you're looking for it, you will find it a thousandfold. And that's exactly what I spent my like late teens and 20s. I, did, I came to Christ at 23, 24. So I guess that was like later in life. Um, in Christian years, but I spent a lot of that time just finding fault with the church and telling God the reason why I hated the church and wanted nothing to do with him. So it was a very interesting dance that I had um, with God in the sense that I didn't reject him. I didn't reject Jesus. I rejected his church and therefore didn't want anything to do with him, but yet longed for him, but yet wanted nothing to do with him. And I feel like ultimately everyone has something in their soul that longs for something that can give them peace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we oftentimes put it in other things and not our savior. And so this is just a, hopefully a, you know, a, something that you can give to somebody if they're in that situation. And, you know, if you are not in that situation, just to remind yourself of who God is and what he does for you. And, you know, I, I have to remind myself that the Bible is not just a book. It is the greatest love story to be ever told. And when you when you look at it that way, and you know, we long for romance, we long for this adventure in life, and we find it all in the Word of God. But that's oftentimes the last place that we look because we can view the Bible as, oh, that's too complicated. Oh, I don't agree with this. Instead of letting the Bible come alive to us. So that so my book's divided into two parts. So the silly girl or the silly girl part is the part about my faith and just how I came to faith and all the silly things that I did to try to run away from God. Because Lord knows I did some very silly, shameful things. <laughs> As we all have. Like we all do. Mm -hmm. Like we all do. We all do. Everyone's got a past. Everyone's got stuff. Some may be earthly deemed greater than others. But, you know, I do feel like the more dirty, quote unquote, um, your past is, I, you know, I feel like when you are rescued from that, that beauty is greater. But I do feel, again, no matter what, everyone's dirty. And no matter what, everyone can experience the beauty of God because everyone has done something. Everyone. <laughs> we are not immune. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that when we admit that we are not perfect, and I think that a lot of times in the church, we're almost afraid to admit it because what's what are people going to think? What are people right. going to think? And sometimes you just have to go, you know what? I I am flawed. I'm probably the most flawed person in this congregation. And I remember feeling that my past is awful, but I remember 
finding the church we've been at now for 23 years. And I remember feeling these real people admit to their flaws. And I was like, wow, they're not going to condemn me because they're admitting they have them too. And maybe that's what people are longing for. They're longing for people to just say, oh yeah, me too. Right. I'm I'm right there with you. I've been there. I've been on the other end of faith. I've been on the other end of, of God. And here I am today loving my life loving my journey with God because he turned everything around. He absolutely does. And, you know, and also having grace for the church and learning how to fall in love with the imperfections Mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and uh, we want people to extend grace and, um, you know, love to us. But oftentimes we withhold it when the church hurts us and we can hold on to that church hurt so bad and i feel like we hold on to that church hurt the most because it's just the it hurts the most it's the people that we want we put all these expectations on and then when we get hurt by them it hurts it's a personal it's like they represented god to us almost you know what i'm saying like they're the people they're the ambassadors of god and when the ambassadors of god hurt us it's just this dagger to the heart more than if some stranger on the street said something to us. And so, uh, you know, learning to forgive the church I had growing up, I had a very, very, very bad experience um, with the church that I grew up in. Um, I talk about it in the book, but basically they spread lies about me and outcasted me. And it was extremely painful. And that's, the moment that I turned away from God and from the church was I was actually at a church camp and I had gone there to be a counselor and my associate pastor had to write a letter of recommendation for me. And at the end of the summer, the camp person uh, called me into his office and said, you know, we, re- we we think you should read this letter. And he said, you know, Holly, you're not at all who we thought you were going to be. And I was like, what? And I read the letter and it was horrible. It was a horrible letter about me. And, you know, the trust with the church, the trust of God, like everything just, I remember standing in the middle of the field and rejecting everything I ever believed and the people. And so then I, when I came back home, I went on this like rampage of revenge. And so that's oftentimes what we do to guard our heart is we start shutting people off and pushing people away and, you know, kind of justifying our anger and our hurt as a means to hurt other people or to walk away from the Lord. And throughout my life, God really worked in that situation. And the second part of my book is called Silly Faith. And that was the part where I was diagnosed with terminal cancer and learning how to step out in faith, um, learning how to take the word of God at face value. And no matter if people think you're silly, no matter if people think you're stupid, you stand on the word of God. But in that cancer, in that um, moment of time when I was going through my surgeries, the church that had hurt me. Every one of those ladies showed up at my doorstep Mm. with meals. And it was the sweetest reconciliation um, ever. And God can redeem everything. Nothing Mm -hmm. is beyond the redemption of God. And so, you know, did they ask for forgiveness? No. Did we ever talk about what happened? 
No, but they sat on my doorstep and brought me meals. And so mm. learning how to just love and learning how to forgive even without words spoken is a hard thing to do, but it is what we're commanded to do by God. And so that's, you know, just all the stuff that plays out in your life. If you let God have it and you let God use it, it can really become the most beautiful thing ever and a great testimony because that's, you know, the world wants to tell you, well, just leave that church. You know, you can you can write a bad review on Google and you can slam it and you can, you know, talk bad about everyone. But the Lord says the opposite. And we have decisions to make in our hurt and learning how to let God defend us and God fight for us is something so hard to do because we want to have mm. that earthly justification, that earthly righteousness, um, the wrongs made right. And sometimes we don't get it and to be OK with that. So one of the things that I heard you say that I think we all do, and maybe it's with the church or maybe it's just with someone in our family or our friends, we set expectations on others, whether it's um, we expect our Christmas to go a certain way. Yes. We expect our friend to call us back. We expect our husband to know what we're thinking. We expect our children to obey. And we set these unrealistic expectations often way higher than than people can achieve, especially if they don't know the expectations. <laughs> and so, you know, they're like guessing yes. or, you know, people in the church are human. They're human and they're dealing with their own bag of stuff. And so when we expect our pastor or our Sunday school teacher or our friends to understand what we need, we have totally flipped the gospel on its ear yeah. because God says, no, you do the right thing. You reach out and you serve others and you uh, become the example of what you hope other people will do and what i think happened with you and i you can tell me if i'm wrong but when these women started serving you something happened something happened inside your heart because all of a sudden they were serving and you had a change in your heart and that's how god expects us to change things that when we have these crazy expectations of other people and they let us down because guess what they always will always because they're human <laughs> yes they're human and they're dealing with I, I will to give you an example i used to work with a gal named janet years ago decades ago and she was the most rough gruff woman and she worked in the back office and you kind of had to go through janet to get anything done in your <laughs> department and so everybody feared Janet. She kind of wanted it that way. She always had this gruff look on her face and she always would just grunt at you. And when you would, you know, and I tried like, hey, you know, Miss Bubbly, I was I was younger then. So I was more, more bubbly and, <laughs> you know, springy, although my husband says I'm still springy. Anyway, I would go into Janet and, and people would warn me down be careful 
she will bite your head off. And I'd be like, well, okay, that sounds like a challenge to me. Mm-hmm. I am going to make Janet like me. <laughs> so <laughs> you're one of those. <laughs> no, I'm one of those. And so I was like, okay. So I started bringing her little, you know, things that I'd make at home, like little goodies, or I would come in and tell her uh, <coughs> something funny. Or I would give her uh, just some grief, but in a fun way. And I would just tell her something that I would compliment her. I was constantly, and here's my one thing I did every single morning. I would walk into her office and I'd say, You've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. And she would say, Stop singing (laughs) so i would i would always come in singing a song and she would be like stop it get out of my office well fast forward a few years and i had to move and i was packing up my office and i walked in and she had a cassette tape player and she said with tears in her eyes. Would you please sing your songs for me because I am going to miss you so much. And I was like, Janet. And that woman still to this day, decades later, sends me a Christmas card every year. But I took the time to get to know her during those years. And I found out she was single because she was taking care of She was the only child taking care of both of her invalid parents. Mm. And so when she came into the office every day, life wasn't rosy for her at home. And my expectations and everybody's expectations at work were, hey, put a smile on your face. Let's do this thing. And she was like, I'm doing all I can just to get through the day. And I think that's the part that we have to understand. Everybody's got their own set of baggage that they're dragging around, and would we expect something out of them, that's on us, not them. Absolutely. And, you know, we go around like, you know, we want the church to give us all this grace and forgiveness, and we we expect that they will treat us with no judgment, but then we can turn around and judge everyone there. And so it's, you know, we're just, we're all a bunch of hypocrites. And I think if we just acknowledge that, that every person alive is a hypocrite, then we can all move forward together in unity of hypocrisy. (laughs) We all at some point, we all at some point are hypocrite and hypocritical. And so, and there's, there's, you know, unity in that. We're all like that, like, because we're all sinful. And so let's move forward together as united as hypocrites and love each other despite that. And, you know, and, and we do that with the church so much. And so the first part of that book was talking about just falling back in love with the church and how we can't hate the church and love God. You, you can't, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can have some bad, you know, things happen in the church. You can have some hurt from the church, but you can't hate the church. You got to fight through that. You got to pray through that. Even if your prayer every day is Lord, help me not to hate this church. Help me not to hate the church. Help me to love your people the way you do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, that's what we have to do until we can get through it. And, you know, as I was coming into my faith and I was learning 
about God and Jesus. Um, I met my husband. I actually came to the church that I got saved at simply because I wanted to date him. (laughs) And so so we we had formed a relationship and we got married and I was pregnant with my son. And, you know, eventually nine months later, I had my son. My husband was in anesthesia school and life seemed to be going great. And I was a new mom. And, you know, I had some encounters just with God showing me that even though we go through pain on earth, you know, we we miss sometimes the fact that God's crying with us, that God is right there. But we have to go through things in order to be better on the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. God cares about our character. And so character building things. And I had gone through several of those and then I got diagnosed with cancer. And so coming from a person who hated the Bible, hated church, to loving the Bible, loving church, to now having to actually believe the Bible, um, that was a huge transition. And, you know, just going on, you know, God, God says he can do this. Now, is God good no matter what? 1000%. God is not good based on our circumstances because we live in a fallen world where it's not going to be peachy. And also miracles can't happen in the ordinary. Like you have to have those bad times for the light to shine through. It can only shine in darkness. And so we have to go through the darkness. So even in darkness, God is good. He is not his goodness does not at all depend on our circumstances. And so really surrendering that to the Lord, but really also asking myself, do I really believe the Bible? Do I really believe? You know, we talked about, like you talked about how, you know, oh, I can talk about how God forgives our sins. And, you know, we can talk about forgiveness of sins. Like it's so ordinary and it's not, it is extraordinary. And, you know, but then we talk about like supernatural healing and we're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And, you know, we kind of back off on that. And, you know, rightfully so. I think sometimes we we most of us have never seen a miracle happen. Honestly, like nobody's been raised from their dead in front of us. Most people who have cancer do pass away. I mean, we, we do live in a reality of death and destruction. And so it's hard for us sometimes to step out of that and to cling to scripture and say, you know, like Jesus, Jesus heals. He healed a lot of people and he he can still heal. heal. It's not something that closed with the Bible. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The power is still in us. It is still active. Um, And so I just held on to that to that little muster seed of faith. And, you know, I was told by a lot of people as I was going through cancer and, you know, my prognosis was not good. It went from um, when I was originally diagnosed, it was 30% chance of survival. Um, And then it went down to 10%. And typically with the cancer that I had, it goes to your brain. And so I was not in the position of it was in my organs or anything. It just was in my lymphatic system. Um, The melanoma that I had had gotten into my lymph nodes. And with melanoma, it kind of bypasses all your organs and goes straight to your brain. So the entire time that we were watching it, we were watching and waiting for it to show up in my brain. And for me to ultimately die of brain cancer is what was happening. And, you know, I would tell people like, well, I'm not going to die. The Lord's going to heal me. And, you know, I think we all um, say that and, you know, and just try to hope in that. And 
when I did, everyone looked at me like I had two heads. Like I was told, well, <laughs> in fact, actually, my book came from somebody saying, you're a silly girl with a silly faith. Mm. And I was like, you're right. I am. I am a silly girl with a silly faith. But my silly faith is strong. And if you want to read all of that... Then her book is coming out, and I want you to get it. You have to read. I just told it to you. No, I'm just kidding. Now, listen. No, there's so much more. But here's the thing. Encouragement Cafe Press has um, is publishing her book and if you have a book on your heart I encourage you to go to encouragementcafe.com and Holly will come back again and we'll talk more about your book because I think that I I have a lot of gals sitting with us that want to know what it was like to write your story so until next week may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.